Welcome to Alter to the Muse. I'm Josh. And I'm Angie. And today we're going to talk about the rules of creativity. So what are the rules and who gets to make the rules and why should we follow the rules anyway? Yeah, so um, this has come about um, as I'm actually taking a college class, a music class and um, an audio engineering class. And there are all these um, activities that I have to do um, for homework that um, center around certain rules regarding audio and, um, and how audio is supposed to be recorded, how it's supposed to be listened to, how we're supposed to mix it, how there, there's a lot of supposed to's in this, and there's a lot of layers of, um, of do's and don'ts. And, um, and, it, and it's kind of brought up a, 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 maybe a lot of stuff within myself um, regarding my relationship to the rules. Um, and around uh, music creation, audio creation, um, and that. Yeah, it makes me think of when I was in art school, and I went to a couple of different colleges, not any big art schools, like big fancy named schools, but, you know, liberal arts schools that had art tracks and art degrees in an art department and I had a professor of painting um, who used to tell us all the time that you couldn't break the rules until you knew what the rules were and I never had like a list of what the rules were in a way I was supposed to know them or you found out what the rules were after he would harshly criticize your painting and tell you all the ways in which it was pretty shitty, <laughs> um, then you had a better sense of what he thought the rules were. As I started to learn, as you know, you have multiple professors of art and different at a few different schools. That there were actually quite a lot of rules, and none of them were the same. And there, I didn't actually ever get a a codified list of, of what those rules were. So my ultimate understanding was that the rules were kind of subjective. Yeah, I have to agree with that. And um, my experience in music conservatory training, and it is training, it is absolutely like boot camp for musicians. Um, the actually our experiences are so different. Like the way a musician is treated versus the way an artist is treated in that, um, that, that training is very, very different. And the rules were very explicit for us. We had sight singing courses. We had music theory courses. We had music history courses. We had form and analysis courses and along with our, you know, lessons and things like that, that really defined what music was supposed to be and what it was supposed to sound like and how it was how it conformed to various things until the great composer 
did something different. And then the rule got changed a little bit to allow for the great composer to be great. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that always just made me chuckle a little bit. And I would go back to my room and I'd listen to my loud heavy metal punk music stuff and, um, and, and wonder, do the rules apply to this music? <laughs> Cause it certainly didn't seem so. And, uh, and that, uh, that kind of, um, kind of experience has has um carried over into um what i'm what i'm working with now and what i'm how i'm how i'm approaching um my relationship to the rules of audio engineering yeah you're saying that there were rules and and we've talked about this a lot that art school and music school they're both creative platforms but they're treated so differently in the training of those um, of those mediums. And so what you're saying is that you were made very aware of what the rules were, but they're still subjective. Like those rules could still be changed. And it's that, is it that same idea of, well, you can't break the rules until you know the rules, or is it we can't break the rules until we think that your idea is so great that now we're just going to need to make the rules bend around whatever it is that you did. I, I think it's the second one, you know, that, um, that, 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 that in music school, we're not really, uh, encouraged to make our own music that unless you're a composition major then of course you're supposed to make your own music but if you're you're just like you know um a grunt you know playing violin or classical guitar like I was you learned the pieces that you were assigned and that's what you did. There was no, so what did you write on the classical guitar this week? That, that never happened. Mm -hmm. That was never a part of any undergraduate uh, music experience for me in terms of my conservatory training, which to me is ironic because one of the, the funny things about me getting into music school is that I had produce an album with my band of original songs and that was uh, kind of used as a portfolio to showcase my musical understanding and knowledge and talent and all of that other stuff and then it was you know, once you get in it's like we don't want anything to do with any of that you now need to do these things. And it's so different from my experience. And it could be that I was in small, not strongly competitive environments, but we were encouraged as artists in art school to come up with our own projects and our ideas. You know, I remember in my sophomore year, I was literally given the keys to the studio. Like, literally, here's the keys to the studio spaces. You get your own studio. Go make stuff. And my evaluations would be based on whatever it was I made. I wasn't given any prerequisites other than, you know, basic drawing, painting classes. But in terms of what came out of that studio, it was entirely up to me. And then I would get, you know, weekly critiques based on whatever it is I was making. And at the end of the semester, I was able to bring those pieces of art to the gallery show, to the, you know, the, the student exhibition. Um, and 
And of course, you know, what I consider to be my best pieces would go into that exhibition. So I was really given a lot of creative freedom. Um, and I always had my own studio and my work in art school was always centered around what was I doing in my studio? What was my studio practice? What was this big question or concept I was exploring in my artwork? And I wasn't given any specific directive on what that would be. I had to come up with it completely on my own. Yeah, and that's that's a, a incredibly different experience than what... And, the beautiful thing is, is we knew we were a couple in college. So I would go and hang out in her art studio on the weekends and um, I'd bring my guitar and I, I would practice um, things I was working on and I would write songs. Like I never stopped writing songs just because I went to the conservatory. Um, the difference is, is I, those songs were never an option to be played in front of my classmates. Like we had a weekly repertoire class where we were supposed to um, play the repertoire we're working on. And I may have just finished writing some classical guitar music, but that was not on the table to be played for my peers. If they wanted to hear it, you know, they could come to my dorm room and they could listen to it. But it but it wasn't um, it wasn't the uh, it wasn't to be put on in front of the class. Yeah, so it was a really different experience of what it meant to be creative. So I was getting this platform to really dive into whatever it was that was curious to me and, and invited me into my creative expression. And you were really being taught techniques, skills, and rules, right? And it's not that I didn't have to bump heads with rules from time to time. Oh, really, are you balancing that composition? And what are the the fundamentals of art and how are you bringing them into this? And that was certainly playing a role, but it was a second, it was, I guess you call it second fiddle <laughs> to what the the real purpose was in, in what I was doing, which was expressing something that was unique to me. And I never felt that you were getting that in any of the work that I saw you do. Yeah, no, it was, um, you know, we would, we would have, you know, beautiful pieces of music that were wonderful to listen to. And then, you know, we would have the score and we would go through the score and we would, you know, mark it up, find all the phrases, you know, find all the harmonic movement, all the chords and describe how all of that moved and how all of it worked. And when that was all said and done, that was somehow, somehow supposed to make that listening experience better, more profound. I always felt that it took the life out of it. I always felt it took the magic out of it that, yeah, okay, now I understand what Mendelssohn was doing in this particular, you know, passage in this movement of the symphony, but it didn't make my listening more profound. Like, if anything, it, 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 it took away the, like I said, the magic. And so um, I actually made a sort of a promise to myself that I would never learn the music I was listening to in my dorm room for fun. Like I wouldn't figure out the songs because I didn't want to destroy the magic. Like even though I could physically play them, I knew that I could physically play them because I, you know, the, the techniques were not so much, but as soon as I like had to sit down and go, oh, that's the chord progression, then that's all I would hear. It's like, oh, I'm hearing the harmonic movement. 
of the chords through this, and I'm not really hearing the song. I'm not really hearing the the band like just emote through their instruments. And I there's I think there's something really sterile about that. Mm. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just that music expresses differently than art. And I think I mentioned this to you before that is it because we want somebody who picks up an instrument I mean you have to have a certain amount of skill to do anything with a guitar <laughs> like you can just hit it without knowing anything and sound will come out of it but for us to think that and feel that what you're doing is valuable like you have to have a certain amount of skill whereas it's kind of the same with art and art supplies but maybe there's a little more leeway around what comes out of the paint and the brush or whatever you're using. Um, I don't know. I don't know why we hold that difference in the art and music world. Well, think about this. Think about the, the little child that we give crayons to and we say, draw and scribble, right? When we introduce a child to an instrument and we say, here is a piano, we give that child lessons. We, we don't sit there and just let them bang. Like, we could. There's absolutely, I don't understand. Maybe we should. You know, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I never, never, like, with our own children, I didn't hold those boundaries with them. Right. If they wanted to come up and strum, they could come up and strum. Well, there was a short period of time where our youngest daughter, we gave piano lessons too. I remember driving her to piano mm -hmm. lessons. And we did that for a while until she was tired of it. And, we, and then we stopped. You know, they had ukuleles they poked around on. They had violins, violins yeah. for a time. And, you know, sometimes our youngest will still come up into Josh's studio and plunk away on, on his keyboard. Yeah. Then she'll play the piano pieces that she remembers how to play. And it was always... Um, for her, it was always a, a matter of just memorizing where to put your fingers and to play. And that was her way of, of expressing herself with, with music. She loves to sing mm -hmm. and she loves to dance. And, um, and, and you know, we, we, she did ballet for a while, mm -hmm. you know, by her choice. And, um, and there are certainly rules involved in all of that. Um, but she likes to just move her body. And yeah. To I, music, especially. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I, I always felt that that was just really, really beautiful. And to to put some sort of like, well, this is not how you dance. You have to dance like this. To me, I always just felt really wrong. Yeah. Like, why? Or this is how you should sing. Like, as a kid, you know, they're walking around singing their little songs. You don't go, could you stop singing that little song you're singing? Like, you know, they'd be playing with, I'm playing with my dolls and da 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 da. And they have like, you don't. You don't stop that. You let them do right. it. It's such a natural thing. Yeah, but then and some somewhere along the way, we decide that they need the lessons, they need the training. If they're going to be a musician, they need to have that they, skill and technique. Or yeah, the or, rules. <laughs> or they have to. Or they have to read music. Right. Like if I give a kid a clarinet, the the next thing I give them is the book. The, the the method book and we're going to go through the method book we don't i i certainly didn't learn that way on the guitar 
you know, that wasn't my, that wasn't my growing up experience. You know, I, I got a guitar. I didn't have any method. There was no method. I was like, I had to, it was, it was crazy how I learned. But um, in, in, when you think about it in terms of what traditional music education is, and yet I think that that's probably why I have this relationship with music yeah. is because I didn't have rules outside of, um, you know, don't play it so loud that your brother comes in and kills you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so we have a weird relationship with rules. On the one hand, they can be helpful. You know, sometimes some boundaries and expectations around creativity can be helpful. But there's a line where they inhibit creativity, where there's a hurdle you can't get over. Well, I... You know, I can't be a musician because there's so much work and learning and understanding that instrument. It's just not worth it. But what do we lose when when we let that get in the way, you know? Can we have a relationship with music that's not based on rules, that's just cranking up some music, dancing, I don't know, hitting a drum, <laughs> just whatever it is that calls you that moves the rhythm through your body that doesn't have to be based on rules yeah and it doesn't have to be based on you're playing it right that i guess is the other part of this is that there's this whole notion of well that's the right way to do it and this is the that's the wrong way to do it and this person is doing it in a way that's just really really bad and um and there's so many examples of musicians who have played in ways that are technically incorrect. Dizzy Gillespie being probably the probably the best trumpet analogy to that is it just puffed out his cheeks when you're not supposed to, and you end up with these huge cheeks because of the pressure. Um, but he's the architect of bebop and this amazing musician, and how. I don't know, like, do, do, if somebody in his early life had forced him to keep his cheeks in, would that have changed the outcome? Yeah. Well, and that makes me think, as you say that, that we did have our youngest, who shows a lot of love for music. We got her voice lessons for a short, short time. We signed her up for a class. I don't know how old she was, but I don't even think she was middle school age. And the voice instructor did something, which apparently you told us was something, I don't know, maybe, it, I can't remember now if it was something that was done or not, but she pulled her up by her hair a little bit to get her to be more straight, to get her head to be more aligned so that she could project in a certain way vocally. And I think that act shifted something for her, for our daughter, that she felt maybe invaded in some way that that she got the sense that okay now I am doing this wrong and it has to do with my very body that's wrong and that it wasn't long after that that she didn't want those lessons anymore she didn't want to pursue that at all yeah and um and that brings me to you know I I've had some pretty negative experiences with music teachers in my life like people who were you know as my elementary music teacher was particularly horrible to me um, in in ways that, you know, I'm not going to talk about right now. And um, and I had a college professor who, you know, I was we were doing lessons with um, for jazz and 
that was a particularly negative experience for me. Um, and it came down to that, um, that notion of autonomy of your own creative voice, like the ownership of who you are speaks through your body. It speaks through your fingers. It speaks through your paintbrush and you, you have autonomy over that. And somebody telling you that you're wrong to express yourself. I have real problems with that. Yeah. You know, that the, the, the very like notion that the honest personal expression is somehow considered wrong. That's just really frustrating. Yeah, I think it causes a lot of harm. And so I wonder if, if perhaps you, our listener, can think to a time where you were told that what you were doing was wrong based on your creative expression. You were trying to express creatively. And maybe it was as a child or a teen or as an adult. In some way, you were told it was wrong. And what did that do to you? Like, what did that do to your thinking about it? So you're thinking about your body and you're thinking about your creativity. Where is that causing a block for you? And again, like the rules might have a place, but I honestly think the place for the rules is about five steps back. <laughs> they, they can be put over in the corner and you can look over to them every now and then, but don't let them, don't let them be your, your compass, your light your light post for how you should create or move in the world. Yeah. You know, I, um, I, I always kind of re return back to this place where I think, well, the music existed before the rules. And so the rules were made in an effort to help explain what was happening in the music. And I think if you're in that spirit that you're like, I'm just trying to understand this incredible phenomenon and these descriptive things can help me do that, then wonderful. But if you're trying to pack that incredible phenomenon into the box mm. labeled the rules, you're going you're gonna to find that that is a really restrictive place to work from. Yeah. Yeah. So finding your voice is first and then deciding which rules are helpful, I think might be second. Yeah. So I think we've come to the place where we're ending this podcast. <laughs> um, the, the, we thank you so much for joining us and listening to these. And um, if you would like to share some experiences with us, um, we'd love to hear. Yeah, so just reach out. Let us know if there was some interaction um, that has blocked your creativity that now you're like, oh, yeah, I don't need that rule anymore. Let us know. Um, and we hope that you are inspired by this talk to, to, to push past that and to, and to start making and expressing. Yeah not breaking the rules you're setting them aside yeah just put the rules over there <laughs> <laughs> All right.
Goodbye, folks. Take care. You have been listening to Alter to the Muse podcast, a production of Jai Studios, LLC. Visit us at altertothemuse.com for more.